Welcome to 84 Ounces to Freedom. I am Mr. Cole, and today on this episode, I have a sampler of whiskey from my Flaviar company, which, as you know, if you listen to previous episodes, you get a bottle every quarter and a three-bottle sampler, and this three-bottle sampler happens to all be rye whiskey, and the first one I'm drinking here is Copper Fox, which is a rye whiskey, and <clears throat> I really like it. There's something about rye whiskeys. I just like the spiciness to them. It's just really good. And uh, if you're interested in Flaviar, let me know, and I will send you my link. If you start a Flaviar membership through my link, we both get a free bottle. So we can get more whiskey. Um, I wanted to start this episode by talking about a new app um, that I downloaded on my phone. Uh, this app is called Slasher. It's like Facebook, but just for horror fans. You know, why join some Facebook, some group on Facebook when you can get Slasher on your mobile device and the whole platform is dedicated to horror fans. Uh, Slasher was created by horror fan Damon. Uh, he also loves metal, industrial, and goth music. He describes himself as boundlessly creative. Uh, you can message him in the app if you need any help. Other features include friends, groups, datings, news, events, and you can discover arts, books, movies, music, and podcasts. You can also shop the Slasher shop for apparel items. I'm going to personally order the Woods t-shirt and some of the Slasher logo stickers. They're pretty sick. I love this app and learned about 10 films I've never seen before. I can't wait to see. Just in like the first day reading other people's posts. So get Slasher and of course, like you guessed, I'm Mr. Cole on there. So I wanted to also talk about <clears throat> Operation Sea Spray. This is something I've never heard about and um, I don't think it's taught in schools. I heard about Operation Sea Spray on the last podcast on the left's five-part series on MK Ultra. That's episodes 486, 485, 484, 483, and 482. They were exclusively on Spotify for a while, um, and I kind of stopped listening to them because I just don't listen to podcasts on Spotify. Frankly, I almost never even use Spotify. Uh, but now, last podcast on the left is on all platforms again, and that's great because this podcast is hardcore and hilarious at the same time. They just kind of brushed over Operation Sea Spray, and I was like, wait, what? Did I just hear that? Uh, so I decided to do some research into it, and you can't believe the stuff our government did to us that we never heard of. Kind of like poisoning 10,000 Americans during Prohibition. If you've listened to previous episodes. In the 1950s, the U.S. Navy carried out a secret biological warfare experiment. Saratia marcinicens nailed it, known to cause opportunic infection in the urinary and respiratory tract, wounds, and to the eye 
including tear duct infections, was used. Um, Bacillus globuli, a black pigmented bacteria, was also used. These two bacterias were sprayed over the San Francisco Bay Area in order to determine how vulnerable a city like San Francisco may be to a bioweapon. The U.S. Navy claims that they believed that these two types of bacteria were harmless to humans. From September 20th to the 27th in 1950, the U.S. Navy released these bacteria from a ship off the shore of San Francisco. They had 43 monitoring centers set up all around the city. Data collected showed the release was enough for all 800,000 residents of the city to have received a dose at the rate of 5,000 5, particles per person. So think about that. Before they even tested this bacteria on people, in San Francisco, they set up 43 monitoring centers to monitor what this was. Think about if you were there in the time and if you didn't know what this little building or structure was and you were curious and, you know, it was just keeping track of how much you might be exposed to this supposedly safe bacteria. You're, you're, you're being used as a giant guinea pig, basically. On October 11th, people checked into Stanford Hospital with urinary tract infections. Ten recovered, but one person died three weeks later. Cases of pneumonia increased at this time also. The Navy didn't warn healthcare officials before the mass exposure, and, it wond and it's wondered that this didn't impact heart valve infections and intravenous drug users at the time. The surviving family members of the man who passed away filed a lawsuit but they were unable to prove that the experiment was the cause of his death. They appealed all the way to the Supreme Court, uh, and the Supreme Court did not overturn the lower court's judgment. Between 1949 and 1969, the United States Army conducted open-air tests of biological agents 239 times. 80 of those were with live bacteria that was thought to be harmless at the time. In the 1950s, army researchers also dispersed Serratia in Panama City and New York. They claimed that there was no resulting illness. Zinc cadmium sulfide, now known as a cancer-causing agent, was dispersed over Minnesota to see how far it would travel in the atmosphere. Particles were detected 1,000 miles away in New York. Bacillus globuli, which has never been shown to be harmful, was released in San Francisco, New York, Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, and other places. In 1966, military researchers spread the Bacillus subtilis variant Niger also to believe to be harmless in the Manhattan subway by dropping tainted light bulbs on the tracks. The bacteria was carried for miles down the subway system. They determined that if a pathogenic disease-causing agent was used, large numbers of people would suffer illness and death. Much like the Japanese doom cult, 
Aum Shinrikyo proved to be true in Japan when they poisoned the Tokyo subway with sarin in 1995. In almost as goofy of a way, they had plastic sacks of the poison wrapped in newspapers that they dropped on the ground and stabbed with umbrellas and then ran away. That that was very similar to the dropping of light bulbs, if you will. But in that attack, they killed 50 people, and many more died later in the hospital, and nearly 1,000 suffered vision problems after the attack. In 1965, Baxilius Globuli was released at Washington's National Airport and its Greyhound bus terminal. More than 130 passengers were exposed. They traveled to 39 different cities in seven different states in two weeks following the mock attack. So you can imagine how widespread that would be if it were pathogenic. But I found it interesting that I never knew anything about this. And I have had a friend say that he had seen something like this and I thought he was full of shit. Like he remembered something spraying in the air when he was a child and misting the whole neighborhood. And it just sounded not true. But... Uh, Apparently it could have been. Could have been. Okay, <clears throat> I am on to the second whiskey in this sample pack. And this is Balcones, or Balconies, B-A-L-C-O-N-E-S. I don't know. This is a Texas rye whiskey, and it's big, like Texas. I love it. It's really good. Okay. For this section... We're talking too extreme for the mainstream horror film. Um, there's a lot to this movie, so this may be a little longer than usual. This movie is called Symbolicus. This is an anthology film, and it's available on putridproductions.bigcartel.com. This is an experimental project developed by Marcus Cook, Filmmakers were assigned a symbol and given a time slot. The filmmakers were given full control and allowed to be as creative as they wanted. This is volume one of a three-volume series. Uh, you can actually order volume net two now on putridproductions.bigcartel.com. Volume three has not been released yet. The product project was designed by horror master Marcus Cook, uh, known for 100 Tears and American Guinea Pig Bloodshock. Symbolicus defies the boundaries of traditional filmmaking, dismissing the concepts of genre and narrative, delivering a cinematic experience like nothing you have seen before. So what we have here, people, is 13 symbols, 13 directors. And uh, I'm going to talk about them all. Symbol one is square, and it was directed by Patrick Florin. Patrick Florin is an actor and director also known for goronography, and he was an actor in Fucker Apocalypse, which I cannot find any information about on IMDb except for the name and no picture, and I can't find anywhere where you could watch it. If you were to take acid or mushrooms before you start this movie, 
you will just end up rewinding Square by Patrick Florin over and over and watching it over and over. It's the ultimate psychedelic short movie with very weird dissident music. Uh, the graphic scenes, yes, there is nudity and gore, kind of bleed into each other or maybe rot into each other is a better way to describe it with pixelated decay. Uh, it's really weird. I don't know how to describe it. And sometimes scenes like violently rip into each other. It's very off the wall, very visually. I, I can see how your own drugs this would be awesome. Uh, there's lots of trippy camera effects. He throws everything at this. And oh yeah, lots of rotating skulls. Uh, I don't know how it relates to the symbol square. Um, I don't know, maybe I missed something. Symbol two is Hexagon by Joe Meredith. Joe Meredith is a director, writer, actor, producer, and artist known for Variant 2020, Tetramorph, Tetramorph and South Mill District. His stuff kinda, I think, looks like sci-fi horror. I can't find where to watch or buy his movies, and I, I think they're just short films. i got to do a little more research there. Um, there's pretty cool acoustic guitar with outdoor scenes, and it kind of feels like a George Buck Garrett movie at first. It's not psychedelic, but it does have a weird kind of creepy feel to it. And then there's gross decay, no nudity, and no one living. Uh, is it post-apocalyptic? Is it alien-vaded world left behind. I don't know. It's up to your imagination. I don't know how it relates to Hexagon, to, to the Hexagon symbol, but there is one scene of graffiti on this rock which has a pentagram subtitled with 666. Still, this was cool, and I want to see more of Joe Meredith's art and um, movies. So symbol three was Pentagram by Caspar Jewell. Caspar Jewell is currently one of the most active directors in Denmark. I saw one of his films, Madness of Many, streaming on Tubi. You guys can go watch that right now for free. And I was pissed at the time of how similar it was to Lucifer Valentine's movie, Regurgitated Sacrifice. But... Is it really a bad thing to have a Danish Lucifer Valentine? I don't think so. Uh, and I mean, who knows? You've never seen the two guys in public together. They could be the same person. But I don't think so. I watched two more of his films, also both streaming on the Tubi, uh, Moonfire and Your Flesh, Your Curse. Um, I really like this producer and I want to see more of him. You know, um, for Danish weird horror. Um, so based on what I saw, I was expecting this segment to be really weird with lots of nudity and vomiting. But I got was, but what I got was a normal lineal story line with awkward sexual attempts, bullying, and then sudden swift violence. I love this symbol. And it definitely linked to the pentagram. It, uh, the pentagram does play a part in this 
uh, segment. Symbol four is Spiral by Michael Todd Schneider. Michael Todd Schneider is an actor and director most notable for the most much anticipated profane exhibit, which we're still waiting for, Senor Stephen Byro <coughs> and August Underground <coughs> excuse me. And August Underground Mortem, which I have not been able to see, or any of the other two movies. They're only available for hundreds of dollars on eBay. And why is it that when you go to toetag.biz, there is a store, but you can't get anything into your cart at the store? Come on, Fed, Fred Vogel. Let us buy your stuff. I don't even know if I'm a fan because I can't get any of your stuff. And I know it exists. Sorry about that, but back to Michael Todd Snyder. He has done a ton of stuff which mostly looks like anthology horror, which I'm down with. This episode, this is like a Zoom call with dark and sinister background music. It kind of overpowers a conversation at times, and the conversation is between a man and a woman, and it goes south really quick. Um, it seems to me like this dude is hammered, and he's just being a prick. There's a psychedelic kind of spiral, so it does connect to the symbol. And there is a character spiral into drunken psychosis, I guess you could say. There's also a weird male-female masturbation scene where they have weird masks on playing on a TV, like a movie within a movie. This is very reminiscent of a James Bell movie, and we'll get to him later. I wonder if... Uh, I need to watch the credits closer and see if James Bell was involved in that little movie within a movie or not, because it just screamed James Bell. There is also an arc spiral drywall texture kind of in one scene. You know, I, I work at a lumber yard, so I notice shit like that. Um, and the symbol spiral ends with sudden violence. I liked it very much. Okay. Symbol five is Pentagon by Marcus Koch. I'm sorry. His name looks like it's Koch, K-O-T-C-H, but on Jonathan Doe's podcast, I heard him refer to him as Marcus Cook. So if I've already fucked that up earlier, I apologize. So Marcus Cook is the person who developed the whole di idea for this movie. He is a director, actor, producer, and well-known for special effects on many movies. Um, Barf Bunny, Jacob's Wife, which I love Barbara Crampton in this film. You've got to watch Jacob's Wife if you haven't watched it. Uh, the Special, which is totally a fucked up film. You can... If you're smart, you'll figure it out way before me where it's going. Uh, American Guinea Pig, Song of Solomon, one of my favorites. Lung 2, Tantrum, American Guinea Pig, Bloodshock, which I love. I have the black and white version that goes color at the end. It's fantastic. Uh, American Guinea Pig, Bouquet of Guts and Gore, which we've covered on this show. 100 Tears, if you haven't watched it, 
it um people say it's not a great film but it's like a showpiece of what marcus koch can do marcus cook can do it is over the top gore from the second you push play the list goes on and on and the more i research marcus cook the more i say oh shit i've seen that or oh shit i want to see that this one totally took me by surprise. This is a drug addict horror kind of loop that reminds me of a little bit of Lucifer Valentine's black metal veins, only a little more surreal. There's full frontal male nudity. I, you probably heard that motorcycle, sorry. Uh, the music is like industrial noise. I was hoping for extreme gore here, but this is a disturbing mood piece. And I like that he showed a side of himself that was unexpected. Uh, I, and again, this time also, I'm not sure how it connects to the Pentagon symbol. Symbol six is Hexagon by our friend Jonathan Doe. Yeah. I don't know if he's our friend, but I. he has my friendship if I haven't received his yet. The dude's not on Facebook, only on Instagram and like, Instagram is for the younger generation. I don't get it. I struggle with it. I finally understand Facebook after 20 years, but not Instagram. I'm trying. So I covered Jonathan Doe in the last episode, and you can buy his films at putridproductions.bigcartel.com, as well as this film. Get this movie as well as Barf Bunny and The Degenerates while you're at it. Listen to his podcast, The Uneasy Terrain Travelers Club, and watch his YouTube channel, Cinema's Underbelly. All great stuff. This guy's so fucking busy. I don't know how he does it all, but I've found tons of horror films and that I would just not even know about if I hadn't gotten involved in all the stuff he does. Right off the bat, this segment connects to the symbol and delivers full female nudity um, it's very mellow almost the music's almost like new age um, it kind of reminds me a little bit there's a movie called Dis that's an unearthed films movie uh, I believe you can stream that on Tubi right now uh, with a different twist and the fetuses look like James Bell fetuses which you can buy on veryfinecrapvideos.com for five dollars each at this time i feel very bad for the actress i'm pretty sure she got sunburned from doing this uh short film this is one of my favorites you guys gotta watch this one symbol number seven is circle by matt soiki soikili and that's spelled s-o-i-k-k-e-l-i -K -K -E so Oh, and, and it's Maddie is the first name. I'm sorry, Maddie, if I fucked that up, because I know I did. Maddie is a composer, special effects artist, editor, producer, cinematographer. Gotta take a drink in the middle of that. It's so long. Writer and director, who is most known for 12 Days of Helvet, spelled H-E-L-V-E-T-E, -E, Deadly Numbers, Luna de Mort, and much more. I haven't seen any more of his films, so this is a good discovery. I want to find more of this guy's stuff. 
this is black and white with male nudity, stabbing, chopping gore, whiskey drinking, cannibalism, and the dark music is reminiscent of Sano, parenthesis, parenthesis, parenthesis. If anyone knows how to pronounce that Sano, parenthesis, times three band's name, reach out to me and let me know how to like say it because I've never known. I just know I like that band. This has weird, dark imagery, and I'm not sure how it relates to Circle, except for that Andy puts on a ring and seems to return to normal life eating dinner with his son. And look, you guys, I'm not, try I'm not trying to spoil these for you, but some of these films, are some of these shorts are only a minute long, so it's hard to talk about it without giving up certain key information. Hopefully I'm keeping enough out so that you will watch it uh, I liked every one of these, and um, I've watched this film over and over again. Um, it's just great. Symbol 8 is Infinity by Jeff Shedden. Jeff Shedden is a director, special effects artist, actor, and writer. He has a film called Some Pig, and he acted in American Guinea Pig Song of Solomon. I'm not sure which one he was. Um, excuse me. I would edit that out if I edited things, but I don't, so sorry. I think he might have been the hardcore priest that was all in black that, like, cut his wrists and did, like, a bloody baptism, but I don't know for sure. I apologize, Jeff. I will do more research into who you are and what part you played in that film. That's a mistake on my part. But this is super weird. This is a claymation cartoon that is very much off the wall. Uh, there is a naked, overweight nurse dance that is in cartoon, punctuated with heavy bass. And then it gets weird. Um, I honestly don't know how it connects to the infinity symbol, but still, I enjoyed how just off the wall this one is with its weirdness. Almost... As weird as Kuso. If you haven't seen Kuso, you want to see a weird fucking movie? Watch that goddamn movie. It'll blow your mind. Symbol 10 is X by James Bell. And as you know, I was excited to see James Bell on here. If you listened to the program before, I reviewed th three of his movies, Dog Dick, Tantrum, and The Bliss. He has many more films you can buy, now available in the gore leather cover, which is just metal, will look so cool on your DVD shelf. These gory DVD cases. And you can buy movie, movie props. That's why I thought maybe he sold some uh, props to Jonathan Doe. Because <clears throat> they look like what's available on his site verifyingcrapvideos.com um, and also I like the human face apron and the human face lampshade that you can buy on his site um, X is classic James Bell I'm pretty sure the music is his band Kids Kill Kids it has brutal utility knife gore and the blood flows X has the best gore so far no nudity and I'm not sure how it connects to the symbol X, um, but you gotta love James Bell and what he does. 
it's a family business and uh just buy his stuff i mean fuck if the gore covers are 20 bucks but you can still get all those movies for 10 bucks and they're personally signed and numbered i mean where are you gonna get something like that just very cool Symbol 11 is Upside Down Cross by Sydney Meredith. Sydney Meredith is an actress and director. She acted in Variant, Tetramorph, and South Mill District. All filmed by, hmm, Joe Meredith. Same last name, same movies. This reminds me of James Bell and his family dynamic. Um, you know, Maybell and other people in his family that work with him. I really can't wait to see these films. Upside Down Cross has metal dirge music. I love the music. Slow, heavy, much like my own music. There's no dialogue. It delivers on the cymbal. And hey, there's blurry nudity. I like this one very much. Symbol 12 is Heart by Jesse Seitz. I learned about Jesse Sites on Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast, episode number 24. Yes, that's Jonathan Doe. She is married to Marcus Cook. Um, I saw her film Ratline. I think I rented it on the Prime. And you can also watch her short film Obsidian on the Acid Goth Productions YouTube channel. And that's... A-C-I-D-G-O-T-H. Acid Goth. When I heard her say it um, on the podcast, she said it very fast. I thought she said the Acts of God productions. And uh, no, it's Acid Goth. Not Acts of God. I'm excited to see her upcoming movies, Fucked, and Beyond Horror, The History of the Subculture of Red Films, which I think she did also together. Her and Marcus Cook made that. Uh, she does it all. Camera, sound, cinematography, editing, makeup, special effects artist, writer, actress, producer, and director. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing her other films, uh, Devotion, Five, and many more. Heart is very short. It's about one minute long, and, and it's just creepy, you know? I mean, that's really all I can describe it. I'm not sure how it relates to the heart symbol, and, uh, you know, you can actually see this. It's the only other video available on Acid Goth Productions. And it's listed as home movies there, not heart. Um, it, I don't know. <clears throat> you got to see it. It's just, it, it is creepy and strange. Okay. So the final piece to this film is symbol 13, Triangle, by Victor Bonacore. Victor Bonacore is also a guy that has, you know, like Jesse Seitz and a lot of people on here, has done everything you can do in cinema. He acts, and he has editing credit in Jesse Seitz's devotions and is known for films Eat Me, Blood Wings, are we starting to see a theme here? Diary of a Deadbeat, the story of Jim Vanderbeater, and much more. There is a dude that talks to dolls and 
this is just fucking strange. It definitely delivers on the triangle. There's triangles everywhere in this. Triangles are mentioned. Uh, the music's very cool. Uh, there's a symbol of a heart, but it still delivers on the triangle symbol. Uh, this is fucking weird. And uh, there's nudity and baseball bat decapitations. Uh, I love the music on this. And also, there's vaginal triangle lasers. Um, just totally off the wall. Gotta check it out. Whatever you do, guys, get Symbolicus. Watch this movie. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think. You know, 84 ounces to freedom at gmail.com. Um, this is a great movie. And, and like I said, I watch it over and over and over. And you will too. Okay, I'm to my third and final sample. This is Rossville Union Master Crafted Straight Rye. I have to tell you, this is the most smoothest of the three and very drinkable. <clears throat> you could put this on ice and not have nothing else with it, and it's a sippable why that rye that is just fantastic. Uh, and it's gonna accompany us with this part of our this is our section where we talk about medical serial killers and uh, this is called the disorderly Donald Harvey isn't really considered a medical serial killer he's listed as an American serial killer but his victims were in hospitals he was an orderly nicknamed disorderly and angel of death which angel of death gets stuck on almost all of these guys Harvey had a normal childhood, although in school he was an A and B student. He did not play sports. He preferred to be a loner and focused on reading. And with his history of good grades, his teachers were very surprised when he dropped out. And this guy didn't have like some young age head trauma and wasn't fascinated with murdering animals. So he doesn't fit like some of the categories we typically see for um, psychotic killers or um, serial killers or medical serial killers. When visiting his grandfather at Marymount Hospital in London, Kentucky, he was offered a job as an orderly. He had some duties that went past normal orderly assignments like inserting catheters, distributing med medication, and changing bedpans. I think this was a result of just lazy nurses that uh, could take advantage of him and get them, get him to do some of their shit, you know? His first murder was the result of provoked impulse. While checking a stroke patient's catheter, the patient rubbed feces in his face and laughed. Harvey retaliated by suffocating the patient with his pillow. He cleaned up the scene and took a shower before, before reporting the death. He was afraid of getting caught, but natural causes was listed as the cause of death. He found that he liked the feeling he got after killing someone and murdered another person three weeks later by turning off her oxygen tank. 
again, natural causes was listed as the cause of death. No foul play was suspected. Within a year, Harvey killed 12 people. He used different methods, morphine injection, suffocation, and a mix of different drugs. Harvey would claim that his killings were mercy-related, but some were retaliation, like his first murder. He punctured a man's catheter with a coat hanger. The man got infected and died a few days later. The man he killed had hit Harvey in the face with um, a bedpan so hard he was knocked out cold. In March 1971, he was arrested for burglary. He was drunk and talked about the murders he committed. The police questioned him but didn't have enough evidence to proceed. He paid the pot fine for petty theft, was reass... Hold on now. Sorry there, you guys. He paid the fine for petty theft, resigned from Marymount Hospital, and joined the Air Force. This lasted for less than a year. The reasons for his discharge were never disclosed. Suffering from depression, he was in and out of mental ward, and after a suicide attempt, he received electroshock therapy, which we all know is good for you. In 1975, he got a job at Cincinnati VA Medical Hospital. He kept a detailed diary over the next 10 years, like a dummy, that listed the 15 patients he killed and the methods he used. He started to smuggle drugs out of the hospital in the 80s. He then started poisoning people he knew outside the hospital as well. He poisoned his lover, Carl Howeller, and two neighbors. One of the neighbors died. He poisoned his parents in 1983, resulting in his own father's death. In 1985, his bag was searched as he was leaving work, and he had items he stole, as well as a handgun. He was given the option to resign, which he did. He got a job at Cincinnati Memorial Hospital seven months later. He killed 23 patients over the next year. That's almost two a month. He was given the nickname Angel of Death. I like disorderly better. By the staff because so many people died under his care, but there was still no suspicion. After a patient that was recovering suddenly died, an autopsy was performed and cyanide was found. An investigation was started, and when the police learned of Harvey's odd nickname, they started to focus on him. After obtaining a search warrant, police found large amounts of arsenic and cyanide in his apartment. And his dumbest move, they found the murder diary. He gave a full confession and in order well he gave a full confession in order to avoid the death penalty. He confessed to over 70 murders in a 17-year period. He received four 20 to life sentences, eight life terms and three life terms based on his various crimes. He would have been eligible for parole in 2047 
but he was found severely beaten in his cell. He died two days later from blunt force trauma. Inmate James Elliott was charged with Harvey's murder. After pleading guilty, he received life in prison. You're never safe. Especially when you think you are. Uh, I want to talk about books at this point. Um, recently, I've been reading books by author Brian Keene. The Rising is the first one I read. This is a great zombie horror book with a little different twist on the genre. I really like this book, and I'm currently reading the second book in the series. I've also read Ghoul by Brian Keene. And that's uh, Brian K-E-E-N-E, if you're wondering how to spell it so you can find it on the Amazon. There are spots in this book where he ties into his universe... And I also really like this Boys with Backpacks book. Then I watched the movie. Look, if you're a movie person and you're never going to read this book, you'll like the movie Ghoul based on Brian Keene's book. It's technically a good movie. But the book, of course, was way better. And I didn't like how they left out the monster's ability to talk to humans. There was none of that interaction. The gore was noticeably lacking. And the twist ending that they came up with made no sense with what the book was really about or what happened in it. It turned it into something else. It was a total what-the-fuck moment for me. Uh, I heard about this author from J.D. Horror, talking about him on several episodes of the Postmore... <coughs> Excuse me. The Postmortem Horror Show Movie Podcast with Dom and JD. Don't confuse it with Postmortem, that Garris fuck, whatever his name is. You want to make sure you got Dom and JD. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know you need that podcast in your life. And that's it. So I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, I am on Patreon. Um... 100% of money donated there will go to alcohol if that ever happens or if I ever figure out how to, like, use Patreon the right way. I'm still a dummy in that respect. Uh, check out my YouTube channel where I make homebrew on Mr. Cole's homebrew on the YouTube. You will hear some of my music and my friend's music on that channel. It's so underground, the underground doesn't even know. If you're in Lake County, California, stop by my knife shop where I sell knives and coin rings that I make at 3577 Main Street, Kelseyville, California. You'll also find me there on the weekends doing wine tastings and scooping ice cream from Calix in Fort Bragg. And the wine comes from Monument Mountain out of Rio Del. And reach out to me on Gmail, 84Ounces2Freedom.com. Feel free to give recommendations and let me know what you think of the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. That would be appreciated. But whatever you think. Also, do me a favor. Leave a comment, good, bad, or indifferent. I will read comments and talk to about them on the next show. Hopefully in the next two weeks, which is my goal, to be a bi-weekly podcast which never seems to happen thank you for listening and in the immortal words of ben benjamin franklin 
In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there is bacteria. Thanks for listening.